0: I
1: have to pick up. I'm wearing it Mom, you're naked. Me, naked you have the five. Welcome to the Got Still Five podcast. My name is Max. His name is Jesse. enjoy the intro, Jesse always remembers his plugs in his ears, and he takes them out when he's wearing his headphones. Then, yeah. Well-
0: there they are. So I'm one of those um, emo kids from the mid 2000s that stretched his ears and then like, it's too late now. What can you do about it? So you, you you either just carry on wearing them, even though they're not trendy anymore. Or you have like, take them out and it looks like you've got cat's bums as earlobes. Right. So not good look. But Nobody yeah, they do. To. You do forget that they do. They are wood in your ear. So when you're wearing headphones, they do dig into your, dig into your neck a little bit. And it, there you go. Welcome to the behind the scenes of Got Till Five, everyone. Thank you
1: for joining us, Jesse. This it's is, good to see you. This feels underground.
0: What? No, this is because we're on a Friday instead of a Thursday because we've True. both had um, hectic work weeks. Because uh, I think bank holidays stuff. Like you know, real life guys, come on, it gets in the way. And um, <laughs> uh, and it, it's half eight, so it's half an hour later. And there's been no promotion really, but I quite like that. I like that we've snuck in, and I feel like if we do something terrible, no one will know. This is just an old school chat. There's no videos this week. There's no images,
1: any of that nonsense. Just me and Jesse shooting the shit on the top five sitcoms of all time,
0: which is They're quite a tall order. It Jesse is. I, I don't know if, yeah, top five sitcoms of all time, like that sounds daunting to me now because I don't know if my choices are necessarily that. They're just ones that oh, no, we're, I we're like. clearly in the wrong with our choices. <laughs> Very much so.
1: Like this is just our list, but we will there's a lot of honorable mentions because we yeah, decided yeah, yeah. this an hour ago and then I went, Oh shit, there's this one and then there's this one and yeah. then there's this one. Um before we get started, I just wanted to let people know that uh you can pick up some some merch at got to And for our for our viewing listeners,
0: here's our latest design, baby. That is my favorite t shirt we've done, without a doubt.
1: So for our listening audiences, we have a Got To A Five t-shirt in tribute to our Bill Stevenson episode a couple of episodes back with Bundy reading the Everything Sucks newspaper. Um, I'm very proud of it. Please buy it. It's, <laughs> feel very loved if you did. So it's worldwide yeah. shipping. Uh, GotToA5.tmail.com. That's the last time I'll plug. Oh, wait. More people join. It is great. Look at it. Bye. Oh, nice. okay. Look at that lovely t-shirt. It is a great t-shirt. <laughs> Uh, Jesse got his, but he refuses to lower himself and wear his own. Well, mask.
0: look, I found this t shirt. I forgot about this t shirt. I look good in this t shirt. I forgot all about it. I got it as Thanks. a present years ago. Look at this like neckline. You don't see t shirts like that anymore. It's got a couple you know, of little buttons, but you keep it on t- Yeah, and it makes my guns look good, baby. Here's
1: <laughs> me all like mm, 19th century. No <laughs> looking at my t shirt. Okay, so sitcoms, sitcoms. Um, if it Simpsons isn't number one, I'll throw a fit.
0: I wouldn't consider the Simpsons
1: a sitcom, though. That's interesting that he says that. Would you? No. When I'm gonna add the rules, everyone. I'm gonna add the rules. We're not including cartoons in this. We're talking purely human living people. We will do another episode in the future of like top five animated sitcoms. I think okay. that's fair to do. Because yeah. the, there's a fair few. Spoiler alert Simpsons will be number one.
0: Obviously. Problem solved. Problem the first, solved. the first nine seasons. First nine seasons. Does this it, comes... does a show? Right, can it still be number one if there's more bad episodes than good, though? Which there is of The Simpsons.
1: Well, this is what I was debating when I was coming up with with my list because I'm a sitcom fanatic. I love them so much. Um, but there's a lot, and you'll notice the difference. Basically, spoilers Jesse is doing um British sitcoms, I'm doing American sitcoms because that's just our comedy by accident,
0: yeah. Like, we didn't do that on purpose, it's just what we like,
1: yeah, exactly. So, it's um, oh, Jesse, would you you care to take that comment?
0: Uh, no, Ninturd, um, number one, how dare you? Um, number two, listening
1: audiences, he says it's so underrated after season nine. Oh, sorry,
0: yes, uh, yeah, listeners, um. It's, um, yeah, it's just, it's not true. I think um, Simpsons (laughs) um, got terrible after season nine because they changed writers. And they did a recent episode. Did you hear about this? I don't mean to get sidetracked already. But um, the Simpsons did an episode recently where they did a flashback to Homer as a teenager in the 90s. That doesn't make any sense. What kind of inception shit is that, right? Like, because I suppose he is a 40-year-old man, right? And he is forever a 40-year-old man. So if he's a 40-year-old man in today's episode, yes, he would have been a teenager in the 90s. But it's just that blows my mind. Because but if we
1: take canon of past episodes, we've seen flashbacks of Homer being a teenager in the 1970s. In the
0: yeah, exactly. God, like watching, like when the moon landing happened. Like we've seen the flashback of when the moon landing happened and he's sitting listening to, yummy, yummy, yummy I got love in my tummy <laughs> and I feel like loving you. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it's just weird. And, like, Bart is um, not a 90s child anymore. The the whole point of Bart Simpson is that he's, like, your archetypical child of the 90s. But, obviously, that's not the case anymore. He's a 10-year-old in 2021. How old does that make us feel, though? So old. Ah.
1: My favourite most depressing fact, speaking of sitcoms, um, many people remember the fantastic show, That 70s Show. Excellent show. Very funny. Um, You could now recreate that 90s show and it would be the exact same time gap.
0: That's horrible, man. I don't like these. (laughs) I don't (laughs) like that. (laughs) Well, there's rumours of them making... um, You know, this is England. So they did This Is England, the film. Then they did This Is England... 86, then they did 88, then they did 90. So I didn't I loved all that and I didn't feel old watching any of it because I wasn't born when any of it was set. But they're talking about making a new one, like this is England 9, like mid to late 90s, and that's gonna make me feel old. Because I'm gonna see characters that I associate with an era that I was never in in an era I was in. Do you see what I mean? It's like (laughs) it's gonna (laughs) fuck with my head, bro.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I me and Jesse like to pretend that the '90s were ten years ago. So does everyone else. What is time? Um, sitcoms, but as I'm yeah. saying, with with this, we're, we're, oh, this is going to be a sidetrack one, isn't it? We're going to go yeah, all over go. this yeah. shop.
0: I think. Yeah. Sorry, everyone, in advance.
1: Ooh, okay. I haven't spoken
0: to a human like for a while either. So, like, you're the lucky guy that gets to, like just everything I've been thinking about. I'm just, well, I suppose at work I would speak to people, but that's work talks not the same. I'm just going exactly. to exactly like unload on
1: you. This is a safe space. So when we're talking about sitcoms, it's not a safe space. So when we're talking about sitcoms, I was trying to pick ones that were, were like, I have so many favorites, but then you go, oh, but like, especially in American sitcoms, they go on way too long and they become really shit. How I Met Your Mother. Um, and it becomes difficult to love them again. So my picks have all been consistent good seasons throughout from start to finish, which is not an easy task.
0: That's not an easy task. I would say mine have as well, but it's much easier with British stuff because um, three seasons is considered long in Britain. Yeah. They tantalize you and then they, they take it away. They take it away.
1: I think actually all of our choices are on streaming sites at the moment. Just to help people out. If, if you've got you go. stuff, something to do this weekend,
0: we can, yeah, we'll say where they are as we do them. Shall we? Exactly. So should we, uh, should we get started with, uh, number five from you? You're starting, which is I'm exciting starting. for all of
1: us. Jesse always starts. So I was like, I'll take it this time, please. Finish.
0: So, which means you get to finish. So, so at, at number nuts, f-
1: what, what kind what? of nuts are we talking?
0: Oh, we got, um, the brain nuts, you know, the ones that look like half a brain. <laughs> oh, you're actually uh, going to take us through the nut collection. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know, what's this one called? Cashew? Cashew, probably. Got that. And there's some raisins in there to fruit it up. That's nice. God. And um God bless no, this... us for
1: ending in six episodes. That this is a scary. cashew, isn't it? Yeah, it's a
0: cashew. That's a cashew. So what's this guy? Listeners. Answers New... on that one's got a raisin stuck to it. Arts is on a postcard. Um, I want to know what this little guy is. <laughs> Could you imagine if like
1: SMTV Live or like the Graham Norton show got to this level? Viewers! <laughs> What's this nut?
0: They can only dream of getting to our level. Oh, Sorry, this is because I'm not used to you starting. It scared me. So I just grabbed the (laughs) nearest thing on the desk. Let me pay
1: attention to me. I want to talk about my nuts. Okay. uh, At number five, I'm kicking off with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Literally watched um,
0: three episodes of this just before I started doing this. Uh, We have to end it. I'm sorry. Sorry, we, uh, we will be ending at 100 episodes, but we'll be back with something new, so stay tuned, brother or sister. Even better. I don't know. Down
1: with the top yeah. five. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Jesse, you've just started on a magical journey that is always sunny, so I'll try and keep spoilers to a minimum, but what season episodes are you in now?
0: Um, I'm on season five. I just watched the episode when the guy... Uh, the, the, the episode is called uh, The Waitress is Getting Married, is the That's episode okay. I literally just finished.
1: Okay, so I'll keep spoilers to a minimum because I know uh, a lot of people haven't watched it because it is this kind of cult niche, even though being super popular as a TV show. So I'll just give you a background and overview. So when we talk about It's Always Sunny, it's a show about nothing. And and this isn't anything new. You talk about Seinfeld. Seinfeld is considered the greatest sitcom ever to be produced, right? And, um, Seinfeld is just a bunch of narcissistic friends hanging out always sunny then you have friends then you have cheers arrested development all about nothing but then we have it's always sunny which is like seinfeld but dialed up to 11. it's horrendous and horrible and we'll get into the reasons why in a second so it was originally meant to be a short film produced by rob glenn and charlie while they were trying to make it in la so they could kind of get uh, recognition they shot it on a digital camera they had no budget But somehow, when they were passing it around, they found their way to the Fox subsidiary, which is the FX channel, and they were like, yeah, fuck it. Order a full season. Bring it on. And their budget at the time was $450,000 per episode, which, in terms of American sitcoms, is here's a penny. Go and make magic.
0: But it feels like that when you watch it. But that's part of its charm, isn't it? That it it. does feel that.
1: Yeah. First couple of seasons, for sure. Um, And at this... When it came out, it went up against shows like How I Met Your Mother and the U.S. office. Um, but with everything that was kind of happening in America at the time, people saw it as this kind of breath of fresh air. And even though the first season struggled, like, I'm surprised it's where it's at now because um, reviews panned it pretty much straight out the gate. Uh, my favorite review was, it's smug enough to think it's breaking ground, but not smart enough to know that it isn't. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> that sounds oh, like someone's reviewed me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guess what t-shirt's coming next week It's Jesse's face way, it? um, um, And the network came to them And said oh you got to bring in a big star Otherwise we got to get rid of it And somehow and I still don't know to this day They got Danny DeVito to join for Which is amazing three. Like yeah.
0: Danny, like Hollywood legend Danny DeVito Which is it who's like just in this seedy little sitcom Clearly having the time of his life I love it
1: He's, Yeah this is a career high for him And you can absolutely tell that it is um, And it really just kind of became this cult hit. It didn't become this like widely known thing that it is today. Uh, Another newspaper called it like Seinfeld, but on crack and then FX, which I love made that the tagline of the show (laughs) when they were promoting it. Um, It's good good promotion. Yeah, it's great promotion. It was one of the first shows to do 13 episodes at 20 minutes a piece, which is unheard of for American. They like to do like 24 episode seasons and it's a drag. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of the show itself, it is nihilism, it is cynical, it is horrible the way they approach characters. Um, when when you speak about characters, they normally mature and grow in a show,
0: but the Sunny gang just get worse and worse a- throughout <laughs> <of> the seasons. <laughs> which could be compared to my next choice, which is why I really enjoy It's Always Sunny, because it, it reminds me of British... Like, a lot of British sitcoms are not, um, like, rays of sunshine. uh, British sitcoms tend to be quite dark and like that, and Always Sunny feels like that to me. It feels British. It it definitely has that kind of feel to it. The the
1: stuff that they get away with on the show doesn't make sense that it's on an American network and audience. My favourite thing about characters growing is, in later seasons, this isn't really a spoiler, it's just a funny fact, is Mac ends up taking the piss out of that fact that, When sitcoms get popular, the actors suddenly become these glamorous, beautiful, buff, gorgeous people. So the actor who plays Mac ends up just, like, getting super jacked and shredded. And he comes back um, just absolutely ripped, and the gang just don't acknowledge it. And just him being this beautiful person. He said in an interview "It's like, the most miserable time of his life. He's like, I did it as a joke, but I had to watch everything. I hated it. It's
0: horrible. <laughs> so Rob Rob McAllenry is his name, um, yeah. and he recently bought Wrexham Football Club in England with Ryan Reynolds. With Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Both, yeah, So they both bought um, this football team, and all the like, no one over here knows who Rob McCallenry is. So all the papers were like, um, Wrexham Football Club has been bought by Ryan Reynolds and his friend. Is what like all the? <laughs> it's like what all the mainstream papers over here said, and so like for ages, um, Robert Kennedy changed all of his social media, like all of his about and his tag name and stuff. was just Ryan's friend,
1: which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> really- <laughs> so, so well, I love it, I love it. But it's always sunny is super popular in this country. Like it's that kind of you- you're cool if you know it's always sunny and like. You know, it's something you can meet up with a friend and chat about and they do like there's pub quizzes and groups and stuff all across the UK that just are really into the show. And now that it's on Netflix, it's got this whole worldwide audience. And I feel like it appeals to everyone. And it's the thing I can never pinpoint about. It's always sunny is it's always horrible. And it's legitimately horrible in the stuff that they do, the the way they talk about sexuality, race, gun control, Time's Up movement, the LGBTQ community. But they do it in a way that it's smarter in the way that it approaches things.
0: So yes, well, they're being horrible, but they're bringing awareness to those issues. Yeah, you're not you're not laughing at what they're saying. You're laugh. It's the same with loads of sickles, like especially British ones. Like you're not laughing at what they're saying. You're laughing at how stupid that person is for saying it. Yeah, which is exactly. a completely different thing.
1: Yeah, and now fourteen seasons, um, I believe, and I'm pretty certain it's it's the longest running sitcom in American history. It's more popular, it's more funny than it's ever been. Um, just because the way they deliver the comedy, as you say, it's it's laughing about that, and it's always you know about the implication of what they're saying, nothing else. And I I ended up Googling because I was like, I want to give kind of reference for people. So I I Googled like, oh, what's the worst thing the um, Always Sunny gang has always done? Do you know how many articles there are that says the worst things the gang has ever done? (laughs) I'm just going to read you a couple of headlines. I'm not going to spoil the episodes. But uh, number 10, the gang does blackface. Number nine, the gang exploits a dumpster baby. I've
0: said, yeah, I've said that one.
1: The gang kidnaps multiple people. And he tricks a man into stripping for his daughter. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Well. I look forward to that. The gang holds a funeral for a fake dead baby. <laughs>
0: no, I haven't seen that. I'm really looking forward to that. Mac and Dennis neglect and eat a dead dog. Perfect. There's a, okay. a show. There's an episode of the show. My um, next pick that's very similar to that. Uh, was, uh the gang pretends to be terrorists,
1: and Dean Mac drown a child. Oh, and then there's cricket as well. Can't forget about cricket. Oh I love
0: greatest. Cricket. Running joke throughout the whole series, makes me so happy. Um, I'm kind of the more I watch it as well, I'm falling in love with D. Does that make me a bad person or is that cool? No, I'm in love with Dennis, so you're you're a step ahead of me. Fine, but you said you you uh, that Dennis reminds you of me, so that you're basically in love with me. Well, this has been established many times on the podcast. Love you, baby. I love you,
1: Um, baby. But D is obviously. <laughs> the, like, uh, but is the not the victim character because she's just as bad as the rest of them but she does get shit on by all of them you know being the bird that they call her big not bird. Being sexist. <laughs> big bird yeah um and yeah i just for people who've never watched it just give it a go like yes season one is filmed like with a handheld camera it feels like and it's low budget but it I still, it's not one of those ones where it's like, oh, just get past the first season. No, just enjoy the first season. And then it just goes from strength to strength to strength for each season, without a doubt.
0: It's awesome. I'm really enjoying it. And I didn't know there were 14 seasons. I didn't know there were that many. So that's really good because that means I've got shitloads more to go.
1: Oh, you're in for a treat, my friend. I haven't actually watched season 14 yet. So I could watch it and then go, no, this is all bullshit. (laughs) So um, I will get on to that.
0: Um, Mr. Benz. Number four. Yeah. Yes. Um, I've gone with Peep Show, which um, is kind of, I don't know, it's one of those shows that you kind of forget how much you love, I guess, because they just sort of finished it fairly cold and it was just, that was it, and everyone just sort of moved on with their lives. Um, Peep Show, for anyone who doesn't know, I, I don't know how popular is in America is it popular in America at all i don't think no so idea. i guess like maybe colty um it's um, it reminds me of always sunny in the there's no nice characters in it like none of the main characters are good people and um it's um based around mark and jez who live together in a flat mark um at least in the beginning works for um jlb credit as a proper office job but is a bit of a stick in the mud um, and Jez is like, they met at uni and they're best friends, but they're totally different. Jez is a sort of free loving, um, sort of um, hippie, like thinks of himself as a hippie and like you know likes recreational drugs and doesn't work, man, and all this shit. But what's really cool about the show, there's nine seasons of it um, and it's kind of, um, and it's all sort of set in real time. So it starts when they're 30-ish, I guess, and ends when they're 40. And just watching them battle like especially a character like jez who i feel like we're a bit like this like we're clinging on to like sort of you know our youth and stuff and but eventually we're gonna have to come to terms with the fact that that's not there anymore and like seeing that from jez is awesome but yeah this show just has crazy um situations like any other sitcom does but it's all filmed in first person so imagine mm-hmm. so there's no cameraman. Cameras are basically that they'd be strapped to where your eye line is, and that's how the whole thing's filmed. And you're seeing everything from everyone's point of view, and you can hear their thoughts or just Mark and Jeremy's thoughts, no one else's thoughts. Um, when they're like looking around and receiving things, and that makes the show amazing. Someone on YouTube has done Peep Show without the inner monologues, and it's just the wildest. So, like, watching it how it would be in real life, right? Because you can't hear people's thoughts, and it's Just it's obviously like those silences are really weird but it's just mad. Like it just makes the show really surreal but adding the thoughts just makes the show really relatable. I've never related to bigger assholes in my life because it turns out I'm an asshole. Like the things I think and the things we all think, you know, like in all these social situations about people, about things, are fucking horrible. And the writers, um, it's written by Jesse Armstrong and Sam Bain, not by David Mitchell and Robert Webb. A lot of people think it is, but it's not. And um, Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong um, have just done this amazing job of capturing exactly what it's like to be in someone's head. And also, um, you watch. Another thing with like growing up as well, because I grew up on this show. You start it relating to jazz, and you finish it relating as Mark to Mark. I think just because you grow up and just become less rock and roll. And um, Olivia Coleman, who is a very very successful actress now, it was her first vehicle. She's like Mark's main love interest through the show. Mm -hmm. Um, It was her sort of big thing. Um, There's a character called Superhands in it, who is absolutely fantastic. Just. it's so hard to explain, but you, like if you haven't watched it, watch it. Just everyone knows a super hands. Everyone knows a Jez. Yeah. I was He's about to just... say, everyone knows those characters mm. from, from your Dobbies to your super hands
1: to who's the over the top boss. Forgotten his name. Oh, Johnson. He's Johnson. amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows Johnson. Um, yeah. And I think that's what's so key about that show because and also when you talk about the first perspective view i feel like that never gets enough credit because it sounds like such a nauseating idea to watch a show from that perspective but it's just draws you in immediately and you yeah. you are just viewing it from from that perspective
0: yeah it's perfect and um they I, I saw a like behind the scenes thing with them and they were saying that the only time they felt bad about doing that way because they lo- really like the realism of it but they said when you're walking down the street with someone they tried to do it realistically, but that is the only time they couldn't really do it because in real life, when you're walking down the street with someone, you're not really looking at them, you're looking at where you're going. Yeah. And when in first person on a TV show, that's shit. So there, there is some times when they're walking down the street and they're just looking at each other, which is not like when you see like older films when people are pretending to drive and you know, do you know <laughs> what I mean? They're going like that, they're just talking to like the person next to them for ages. And it's like, dude, you need to you need to look at like where you're going. <laughs> Exactly, Um, but that's the only time they really broke the realism of that and they stuck with it the whole thing. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I came to it quite late in terms of um, when I first saw Peep Show was when Jesse was working at the circus and I was living in his flat at the time. So this was what, 2012?
0: Early, uh, 2010 I think it was. 2010. So I was just
1: completely by myself, nothing to do. um, And Jesse just had the whole box set I'll give it a go. And for people who are into kind of a bingeable TV show, I lost track of days. I just watched all <laughs> of the seasons and it feels like with Peep Show, there's so many more seasons than there is. In my
0: head, there's like 20. Yeah. There's only nine and there's only six episodes a season. So it's, um, there's really not all that much, but they do get a lot done. Hi, Crombie. Thanks for joining Hi, us. Hi, Crombie. Sorry. It's a weird day. Um, And um, yeah, Peep, just peep show as I got into it at school, um, which, which is perfect. I'm glad that you got into it afterwards. Have you seen it all because that so when, this is the there, thing. there's been more seasons since there's, then. exactly?
1: There's, there's been like additional ones kind of added after Ma- I've seen up to like when Mark has the baby, and then right. I've seen like bits after that with like, but I've never sat down and like dedicated full watch time. So I'm wondering whether I just start from the beginning again and just do a complete watch through all the way through.
0: You should, definitely. It's um, well worth your time. I believe it's on Netflix. It was last time I checked. Or 4OD for our... uh... Oh, yeah, it's not called 4OD anymore. No, Um, I was trying to find it on the Xbox yesterday. I was like, where is it? Um, Yeah. And it's now all four. All four. I remember when my dad first discovered 4OD, he used to run a music shop um, in Tewkesbury, which is a very little town. So when you run a music shop in Tewkesbury, you spend 80%, no, 95% of your day just looking at a computer (laughs) just waiting for someone to come in the shop and he discovered 4OD so he started watching stuff on that but in a typical dad fashion he could never quite remember what it was called and always called it foreplay so (laughs) so that's what he told you jesse when he went to his computer yeah Yeah, he was like do you know about foreplay (laughs) dad i'm not ready for this conversation (laughs) but yes i'm a master.
1: Oh, uh, it just doesn't do foreplay. Who are we kidding? No, so, you know, take sure. it all about. <laughs> um, yeah, the bus home. The bus home. <laughs> 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 such a such a dirty old man. <laughs> You always get to return trip, never a single. Always. I used to
0: do. Do you remember? I used to do with someone who we shouldn't say names on this because, like, she hasn't consented to stuff. But do you remember a girl I was seeing who was um, staying in Cheltenham, uh, the halls of residence at Cheltenham Uni at the time, and I lived in Tewkesbury, so there would be many a CD bus journey taken when um, when I was feeling a bit randy. Yep. When he was coming to see me. Oh yeah. No, it was like, yeah, I'll be with you. I'll be with you in ten, dude. Three, he was three there in five. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, but peep show, 100 percent definitely worth checking out. Um, if you've never seen it, it it's unique for all other sitcoms. It is a hundred percent worth checking out. So um for all four, I'm gonna said four odd again, or check it out <laughs> on Netflix. Play. Four play, check it out on four play. Okay. As per usual, we're flying through the early contenders, and then we'll take our sweet time on our number ones. My number three, back to the sweet old US of A, is Brooklyn 9
0: Something I've never watched.
1: Now, Nine-Nine, so there's a brilliant man in the world called... <laughs> <laughs> what is his name? It's like yes. Greg Schultz? Oh, Greg Schultz.
0: Or... Oh, the guy that did The American Office. Yeah, well. so this yeah, yeah, yeah. motherfucker... And is... he, wrote, he used to write on The Simpsons as well. Wrote
1: on The Simpsons. He's done Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He did Parks and Rec. He's done The Good Place. He is the funniest man in the world, apparently, or knows comedy. He's probably boring as fuck, but he knows comedy.
0: Do you and- know what episode? I'm sure he wrote loads, but um, there's one Simpsons episode in particular he wrote, which um, I really enjoy. Um, he was the head writer on Homer Badman which is the one when Homer pressures Venus off the babysitter's ass, and they have to clear his name because they think he's sexual assault. Yeah. yeah. So he was the head writer on that episode. So he he knows his shit. He knows his shit. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a,
1: is a great example of this. So for people who don't know, it's an American sitcom. It's set in the 99th police pre- precinct in Brooklyn. Um, and the main character is the immature but talented Jake Peralta, played by Andy Samberg. Um, and he has equally dysfunctional colleagues and they solve cases and engage in mischief along the way. Um, this is a very classic American sitcom where it's, as we were saying, versus It's Always Sunny. You have growth of characters throughout the show going forward. Um, but every single character is strong. Like it's not just Andy Sandberg carrying the show. Like every single person in this is funny, if not funnier than Andy Sandberg, which... It's hard because the man's very funny. He's a very, he's a very good-looking dude as well. I like him. He's he's good-looking dude. He, he, he's one of those uh, Paul Rudd types. He's like forty-three right now, but looks younger than you and me combined. Yeah, makes me sick. It's, makes me sick. So the jokes are just really, you know, like with sometimes with American sitcoms, you're watching it, you just go. <laughs> 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 that that's about about as much as you'll laugh. But with Nine Nine, honestly, is just out loud laughing at certain bits and like the running jokes that are coming on. Um, and, and it's never kind of, again, comparing to it's always sunny. No one's taking the piss out of each other. There's no like cop jokes or anything like that, that it's good hearted jokes. But yeah. but It's pure, but the characters are so sharp and the editing is so quick with like good cutaways. And they're just kind of on top of the game that it just remains good. It's also like, really progressive as a tv show but it doesn't like rub your face in it it's you know the, the whole cast about it well the whole cast is pretty much progressive you take um charles and jake are pretty much like the only two white characters in it and then you got captain raymond holt who is uh, the gay police captain and then they use that as a vehicle to talk about the struggles of a black gay police officer coming up through the ranks in the 70s rosa comes out as bisexual halfway through you've got two latina leads You've got Terry um, Terry Jeffords, uh, t- played by Terry Crews as well. So it just kind of has a very diverse cast. And they also touch on very serious issues, but in a funny way as well. So they'll do stuff like your Fresh Prince of bel and your Scrubs, where they will just have episodes where this is a serious issue. I remember once there was um, one of the serious episodes was, after, not really when the Black Lives Matter happened, but when, another black person was killed by police for no reason. They did an episode where uh, Terry Jeffords goes to his car and a white police officer stops him in his neighborhood. And he's like, I'm a detective and the 99. What are you talking about? And it turns into a scary situation. And it's addressing those kind of issues, but they also still keep the comedy throughout. Um, and also they don't play up to those stereotypes. Like, yes, Captain Holt is a black, gay police officer, um, police chief but that's not his defining characteristic at the end of the day. And just each, it's been going for eight seasons now, which is a lot for an American sitcom, especially a sitcom of this nature where kind of characters grow and mature. And you know that feeling when you get to about season five and people start hooking up within the group and then they start having babies and and we're looking for houses or we're revisiting crazy plot lines from before. It doesn't do that. It keeps it fresh and it keeps it moving throughout, um, which is really good to see. And Andy Sandberg really does cover it. Right? He's an idiot, but he's a genuinely smart cop when he needs to be. It, it's that playoff where he's not just a bumbling buffoon who solves all the crime. He is good at his job. He's just funny and a bit childish along the way as well. So I think it's just that element that allows it to be so funny, so honest, and so enjoyable that it's one of those sitcoms that I put on where it's like, Oh, if I can't sleep at night or I'm, you know, having a bad time, I'll start it from episode one, season one. And I'll just watch it through and I'll feel so much better afterwards. It's just that comfort, feel food. Good. comfort food. It's the comfort food of TV. And that's what I want in my sitcoms. I want a warm hug. I want to feel like I'm hanging out with friends. What not friends because, <laughs> um, but yeah, but you want to feel like you're inclusive with these people and you grow and you watch them on their journey. And also, they open up with cold cuts, and cold cuts to me are the funniest way to introduce any sitcom of just this standalone. Here's one minute of funny, and then we'll get into the episode. And yeah, uh, just can't get enough of it.
0: Agree, totally agree. I, yeah, like I said, I have never really watched it because I think for that, what's always put me off it is exactly what you like about it in that it's just good hearted <laughs> and there's no like, <laughs> there's no evil, and I want evil. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I, I love that they um, sort of sneak in serious issues. I mean, I can only compare it to Fresh to Bel-Air, which I love and I've watched all of. And, like, yeah. when I was watching that as a kid, and like you said, they sort of suddenly... Like, it's funny and silly, and they suddenly whack you in the face with, like, something really serious, like... Yeah. Like Um, when Carlton gets mugged and he gets a gun um, or when his dad shows up and like those episodes just live in your head. Do you remember when they spend a night in jail? Carlton and Will spend a night in jail. I can't even remember why, but um, Phil comes and bails them out and all that. And then there's the sort of lecture that he gives them at the end about being a black man Mm -hmm. and how like, you know, you shouldn't like as a black man, this will happen to you so you need to work extra hard to make sure you don't get yourself in these situations but it was such a serious like thing oh fuck and the bit when um <laughs> when will smith because he never knew his dad right and yeah. um, do you remember when like he has the chat with uncle Phil at the and they have how they hug it out at the end what because, you want me, like, man? like yeah 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 man that cuts like and it's cuts. like it's such a yeah and it's such a goofy show elsewhere and then they suddenly smack you with that. But
1: what I feel like a that-
0: what the fresh prince in my list man
1: <laughs> it's in my honourable, don't worry. But I feel like sitcoms need to do that because obviously we are not young black males from America. Like we're what? never going to experience. <laughs> We're we're never going to experience those issues or really really be exposed to them. In all honesty, um, no, it's
0: important. But it's important to. But that's why but, they're in these shows, to exactly. Educate
1: people like us. Exactly. You have these sitcoms which you know are funny and and good enjoyment. But they bring you into like, okay, you're enjoying the funny element of this show that deals with like race and all this kind of stuff. But here's the other side. It's not all fun and joking living in our mansion in Bel Air. It's not all fun and games being a, a cop in uh, Brooklyn. Here's the other element of it as well. And I think that's so important for TV shows to do, to kind of walk that line and keep that responsibility that not everything is ha-ha, funny, no issues whatsoever.
0: Yeah, exactly. I agree. I'll give it a chance for you.
1: Thank you. I, yeah, please do. I, I think you would enjoy it. Um, if you've enjoyed Parks and Rec, if you've enjoyed The Office, The Good Place is a strong honourable mention because that is, again, four seasons of perfection. Perfection. And he did it again with Nine Nine. I'm getting a bit sick of Greg with his uh, with his perfect <laughs> TV show writing. He needs to he he needs to have a
0: flop. He and the only reason and the only reason he got the US office um, is because he had written Ricky Gervais's favorite Simpsons episode. So he was in the oh, running yeah. with several other people to take on the US office. And Ricky said, "Oh, he wrote this brilliant Simpsons episode. He definitely gets the show, which is cool. See you in hell, Candy Boys. Oh, I love that episode so much, Rowdy Ruddy Peeper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, maybe we should have included Simpsons in
0: this. List. <laughs> we'll do. I like the idea of doing cartoon. Like, we should do top five adult comedy or whatever you would call it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Because um,
1: I was going through and stuff like uh, Adventure Time and Rick and Morty and Simpsons, Futurama. All of those are popping up, and I'm like,
0: too eh, much. Yeah, this? exactly. Yeah, Archer. That's fucking quality. Archer. Yes. The first, exactly. Yeah. The first, the first few seasons of Family Guy before it got awful. And mm-hmm. same with American Dad. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: uh, yeah, 100%. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be doing top five adult.
0: It sounds adult weird. Word, it put sound the word weird, doesn't adult it? in stuff always sounds weird.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the adult show. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, number two, my good friend.
0: Yeah, sorry about this. Um, so this is... Um... <laughs> what a way to start <laughs> So sorry, everyone. So League of Gentlemen is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I'm aware that you don't like it. You've got no interest in it and never have done. Going um, out for 10 minutes. I think no don't because no, I think uh, like the uh, but <laughs> you like Ma- you like Mark Gatiss, right? He's one of the League yeah. of Gentlemen and um, he's he obviously went on to co-write and star in Sherlock. Um he did a fantastic adaptation of Dracula um which I guess was like 2 years ago now, but that still feels fairly recent. Um, uh, Doctor Who he's involved in it, isn't he? Doctor Who's never he really knows. been my scene but I know he's like big in that um, Rhys Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton um, are two of the, there's actually four um, gentlemen um, but the fourth, Jeremy Dyson just writes, he's not an actor so he doesn't star in it but um, Rhys Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton um, have gone on to make a show called Psychoville after League of Gentlemen, and a show called Inside Number Nine. Which, if you're sleeping on Inside Number Nine, you need to go and watch that. It's on BBC iPlayer. It's a anthology series. Um, each episode is completely self-contained. Um, some are funny, some are dramatic. Like it's just fantastic show. Yeah. But anyway, long one-shot uh, episode. That I was, was yeah, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah that was
1: Love crazy. me a one-shot.
0: Yeah um but before all this they did League of Gentlemen they started with this which is technically I'm cheating a bit putting in here it's kind of a sketch show really um they just have lots of characters the three of them just play lots of characters think Little Britain but evil evil Little Britain is kind of what this is it was pre-Little Britain it's much darker and you and it is technically a sitcom because even though they're sketches they do link the sketches there's always a running storyline through the episodes it's just I mean a lot of it is dated although they did do a reunion show a couple of years ago and acknowledged all the dated stuff about it but like anything that was made in the 90s sort of especially British stuff like there's a lot of that's laugh at the gays that's laugh at the trans sort of stuff but that's in all stuff and it's not cool but it's everywhere and they do sort of correct a lot of that stuff um in later stuff but It's the costumes are amazing. The characters are so evil and dark. I've always been a big fan of horror films um, and horror, like classic horror though, like hammer horror and things like that. And this is like a comedy love letter to that sort of thing. Just, it's just so grotesque and strange, but so clever. And they never um, bend to public like will either. So after the first two seasons, their third series was um, each episode just focused on one character. Um, so it wasn't a sketch show anymore. And they removed the laugh track, which they they never wanted a laugh track, but BBC wouldn't let them do something without, now laugh tracks feel dated, right? But back then they were like, oh, you have to have a laugh track. Um, but yeah, third season, and um, they just completely changed up the format. Everyone at the time hated it. Retrospectively, it's been well reviewed because they realised how good it was. But the writers and the performers have never like compromised. They're just like, we're going to do the weirdest, most artistic, odd show that we can, and you're going to love it. And I do. It's just, it's amazing. It's art. It's of its time. I think if you're not ready to put yourself in a sort of nineties mindset. You won't enjoy it going in cold now. Um, but they did, they did um, three episodes um, a couple of years ago of a sort of anniversary um, of League of Gentlemen and sort of touched on the old stuff, but it was, it was amazing. They just, I can't even explain it properly, but doing it 20 years later or whatever it was just doing three more episodes and like, this is what the characters are up to now. Here's us, Showing you that you can still do something like this in today's climate, they that no one is. They're just phenomenal writers, mad. Rhys with Steve Pemberton, Jeremy Dyson, and Mark Gatiss. Like just the writing of the performing is second to none. It's art. Yeah, Un- unbelievable writers and and unbelievably
1: talented. And I, I'll never deny the popularity of League of Gentlemen and and how successful it is as a show because you couldn't go anywhere when it first came out. Without people doing some form of, this is a a local shop for local people. It was everywhere. It was just so ingrained in kind of the British culture at the time. Um, Because it was just, it was weird. And there was that weird time in kind of British culture of this Channel 4, whether there was just sex documentaries (laughs) and weird comedies. And it was just bizarre. As an era. and you just know what it was?
0: Yeah. I reckon, I don't know. I've just literally thought of this. I reckon it's all Channel 5's fault. Because do you remember Channel 5 debuted when we were kids? Like, there was yeah. no Channel 5. And all of a, a sudden, in channel. the late 90s, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whoa. You know, I remember um, when I lived in the YMCA for a time, um, I, I was like, oh, cool. Uh, so I switched on Channel 5. But they don't have Channel 5 in YMCA. So they have the God Channel, everyone and <laughs> um, I, I didn't know that so i was i was ready for like it was like late night and i was like yeah channel five will show me some titties and it was just like and there was just like a some preacher just like yeah there was just like a preacher sort of singing along but i ended up getting into it i learned some cracking hymns but um what's the hymn what's your favorite hymn i don't have one jesse Oh what what about um, I am the Lord of the dance said he and I lead you all wherever he may be. That's a great one. And particularly because in the verse it says, How can you dance with the devil on your back? And I really like the idea of someone like just trying to boogie, but there's like a devil <laughs> clinging onto the <laughs> okay, yeah, like, fuck off. I'm, I'm trying to two-step you, yeah. bitch. Get off me. <laughs> anyway um but um yeah away from him yeah i blame channel 5 because channel 5 debuted it had all this like it had like softcore porn literally on at night time just on free television in england and these mental documentaries and then channel 4 started competing with um, these crazy sex documentaries that you're talking about because channel 5 was this new exciting thing so they were trying to compete with that and i think that bled into bbc going okay we're going to be more experimental with what we commission and do some sort of more off-the-wall shows, which started with League of Gentlemen and then led to your Little Britons and things like that, which, say what you want about Little Britain, it was a cultural phenomenon at the time when it came oh, out. 100%, yeah. Dated as fuck now, though, isn't it? Oh, gee, it's dated worse than League of Gentlemen, which is yeah, weird, much because worse. Little Britain was essentially ripping off League of Gentlemen in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, League of Gentlemen can get away with it in the sense of the Always Sunny analogy, where it's like, they were doing it in a smart way. They knew why they were doing it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas League of um, Little Britain was just racist and horrible.
0: <laughs> I still, yeah, I've still got a bit of a soft spot. No, I haven't really. But like, it's like I do remember. I did. I watched the first series of Little Britain a lot when I was a kid. I had it on video.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, League of Gentlemen. I, I feel like there's images that kind of live in your brain with the show. <laughs> It is, it is, you can picture the
0: little village town, whatever, and like the people. Royston and... Vasey, the name of the town, which is which could be Brown's real name. That's what they named is it. it, it?
1: After. Yeah. Oh,
0: you're full of the good facts today, Jesse. <laughs> there
1: you go. Loving it. Um, and so they came back with that special
0: episode, right? Or was it a special series? It was three. It was three episodes. Three, three half-hour episodes that they did as like a special reunion, and then they did a reunion tour, which I went to the live show of the oh, Gentlemen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was amazing, just so cool. Probably the last time they'll ever perform as the League of Gentlemen. I managed to see it. How awesome!
1: How do those kind of live shows work? So I always remember people. uh, Mighty Boosh was really big for that, doing the big live tours, and they would sell out massively. I just don't understand how they translate from
0: like screen to stage. Uh, They they just do the sketches. Well, they do a couple of well. What League of Gentlemen do actually, which is different to other people, which is really cool. So League of Gentlemen started as a like Edinburgh Fringe. Um, live show anyway, so they would do live sketch comedy, and they would do it all in tuxedos, that was like their thing so the three of them would wear tuxedos and they'd have maybe one thing, so it's like oh, this character, like, I'm playing um, an older woman now, so I'm going to wear a pair of pink glasses and that would be the only thing to sort of identify it. and the rest of, they'd always be in tuxedos so their live shows they, they now do the first half they do yeah. classic sketches from the TV show just in their tuxedos Then you have the interval and then the curtains open and Royston Vasey is on stage and like the music starts and they come out in full costume for the second half. And I get it's just insane. It's just sketches, you know, one. um, But there's only three of them. So like the quick changes of the costumes must be insane. When they're going just to the side of the stage, they just have to rip some it off and they come back on as a different character. They'll do like, you know, two of them will do a sketch together and then they'll go off and then Mark Gaines will come on and do a solo spot whilst the other two are getting changed and that sort of thing. But yeah. it's, it's amazing. Yeah, the live show is brilliant. Um, the quick changes, the sketches, a really nice mix of new sketches and greatest hits as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um,
1: no, cool. I, I fully support Like, It's never going to be a show I personally get into, um, but I respect its legacy within the sitcom culture, especially UK
0: sitcom culture. It was yeah, totally. extremely important. And it was um, the starting point for these amazing writers and performers that have gone on to so many great things as well.
1: That have produced, you know, legendary TV shows and sitcoms in their own right. So it's it's definitely worth kind of considering for sure. Okay. Number one for you, yeah, nice. For me, okay. Um, close, dear, personal friends of mine will not be shocked by any means. But the greatest sitcom, in my opinion, is Scrubs. Scrubs.
0: You got, you got a comment, Jesse? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, it's, I, fine. I, it's fine. You like you like your nice comedy, don't you? You're nicer than you're nicer
1: than I thought. I am. I am. I am. I'm a nicer boy than you. So I'd say Scrubs was my first sitcom. I remember being I don't know young, and then my brother ended up buying me uh, Scrubs DVD for Christmas one year because he knew I'd like checked out episodes on Channel Four when it was on. He bought me season five.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who does that? I didn't know in a collection.
1: no This is the fifth season. <laughs> sure, I'll pick it up. It's fine. It's fine. Um but to me, Scruggs is one of the and this is some of me and my, my friend Matt uh bonded over so much for university. Our remember. friend Matt. Our friend Matt, he was my friend my first, friend obviously. Matt. My friend. Uh, but I, you know, this for me and him, this was like our show that we ended up watching. I remember his first breakout, we ended up watching kind of Scrubs when we were kind of homesick. We ended up watching Scrubs in our rooms together. Just that nice little bonding. Again, it's that familiarity with friends um that you know and relate to. And to me, I don't think Scrubs gets enough credit. It's kind of not kind of a bad reputation, I'd say, but everyone just kind of dismisses it. It's just, oh, it's, yeah, Scrubs, you know, that, that, that's, that was a show that happened. But <laughs> in, in terms of how impactful it was, this was the first show that kind of got rid of the laugh track. We talk about, you know, how unpopular laugh tracks are now. This was one of the first shows that went, no, because the problem with laugh tracks is, first of all, it shows that a show is not funny because you have to, like, push people to laugh. Big Bang Theory. Have you ever watched Big Bang Theory about the laugh track?
0: Yes, it, 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 oh. it it's, it's even more autistic than it already is.
1: Unbelievably so. So Scrubs did a no-laugh track, single camera, which was kind of unprecedented for the time in terms of what they're doing. And then you see this kind of coming in later, where shows like The Office and the rest of development doing this kind of non-laugh track. And I'm so glad that it's died a death that it has. Does um,
0: Scrubs predate the, the UK office? um good question actually when did the uk office come out i want to say 2001
1: same time as scrubs yeah so we'll have to kind of see who came first i
0: think yeah maybe i'll I'll, let me just double check that
1: yeah Um, yeah. but again when we're talking about laugh tracks laugh tracks take up in real in reality when you watch shows a good four or five minutes of actors pausing for (laughs) my funny joke, which is lazy. It allows you to write 15 minute scripts of just lazy nothingness, um, which uh, scrubs got away with the cast in this show was unbelievably funny and no kind of major star kicked us off. Even when they got season two and the show was popular, there was no big actor in this. I guess uh, John C. McGinley who plays Dr. Cox is, I thought you were going to say
0: John
1: Cedar, then? I was like, what? What was he in this? You couldn't see him. He was in the background. (laughs) Um, But you had new people like Zach Braff, who had never acted. This was like his first (laughs) ever role. And for the first time on network television, they gave a comedy role to to an unknown actor. Because they wanted to get that impression of a very timid doctor. Because the first season is about him. He's passed his starting his internship in the hospital. So they wanted a timid actor who didn't know what they were doing, just like a doctor would. Um, Judy Reyes, extremely funny. Uh, Sarah Chalk, Donald Faison, I guess is also the next kind of most famous one with stuff like Clueless and being big in the nineties. Um, but overall, it's not a show that you look at and go, yep, yeah, this is full of uh, major stars that I can get behind. The music track behind every episode is stunning um in terms of all of the bands they got like a lot of up-and-coming indie bands and old classics that just really punch scenes in the right way in terms of what they want to deliver um you'd have stuff like overkill play um keen with bad dream the scrub song in itself you can play that at any party and it's like Obviously, not the same as Fresh Prince, but you play the Scrubs (laughs) theme
0: song, and people know who it is. Bare Naked Ladies had a kind of renaissance because of Scrubs, didn't they? I know. Exactly. I'm a big big fan of Bare Naked Ladies, uh, the band, um, and 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 the objects. But um, they, um, yeah, I know that. Like when (laughs) you, (laughs) when you, um, when you sort of look up Bare Naked Ladies and like their hits and stuff, you see Scrubs relates to a lot of that stuff. Yeah,
1: exactly, and um, you can go on Spotify right now and just type in like Sc- Scrubs playlist, and you could listen to that and just have the best time ever because they just hit after hit after hit, and I think that's down to Zach Braff and what he does because when he made Garden State, he actually won the Oscar or Golden Globe for for Garden State soundtrack because he just he's just spot on with his music choice. Mm. Also guest stars that came into the show uh guest stars is, is such an old trope of sitcoms of someone like appearing to get like ratings but with scrubs it was people just genuinely wanting to be on the show you had Michael J Fox Ryan Reynolds Heather Graham Jason Bateman Aziz Ansari first kind of kickoff for him Courtney Cox just to name a few of the people that would end up appearing on the show
0: or the dude from the dude from the mummy played uh, Yes Brendan Fraser yeah.
1: the most iconic Episodes with um, Jordan's brother and Doctor Cox's brother-in-law, where again, won't spoil it if anyone's not seen it. But like we were saying with Fresh Prince of Bel Air, it's a Scrubs, gut Punch. Scrubs can punch you in the dick, and it mm. does. And it sometimes they don't even do a comedy episode; they will just do a horrendous episode. <laughs> Me and Matt always talk about there's an episode where. Um, A patient dies and they're like, okay, we'll take her organs and save all of these people. Happy days. Turns out later on that she has an internal issue. She has like rabies and then all the organs start failing and five people die. And that sends Dr. Cox into like a spiral of drinking on the job and all of this kind of stuff. That's not sitcom. They did it over three episodes. That's not funny. That's not very nice with him crying and like this strong macho character who is like the the hero of the te- of the show for everyone to look up to is broken and reduced down to nothing and you're watching him just like start to break down. It's not, Sounds it's not awful. awful. Sounds awful. But it hits. <laughs> and again it shows because the thing about Scrubs is uh like your 30 rocks and other shows of that nature, Bill Lawrence, the creator, um he based it off his he had a friend, a doctor friend, called um John some J, J.D. was the initials, and then he kind of stole that for JD the character. Um, and he'd have dinner parties with his doctor friend, and he'd tell him all of the he'd tell Bill Lawrence all of these crazy stories about what happened in the hospital. And Bill's there, like, in a hospital? Because you expected it to be this clean professional, everyone's very serious. Like, let's get on, save some lives. Good, good, good. But he'd tell these stories of just like massive fuck-ups. And my favorite fact about Scrubs is doctors and nurses will watch it and go, that's the most accurate depiction of hospitals on TV today.
0: <laughs> it's quite forget,
1: scary. Yeah, forget your ERs and your Grey's Anatomy and all like your serious hospital dramas. Scrubs is the most accurate, which is terrifying as, as a concept. Yeah. But then you forget um, that the people operating on you and the people looking after you could be me and Jesse. It could just be... <laughs> they're just normal people that have a job to do. It's just, it's a very serious job, but in reality afterwards,
0: you know, they're doing weird shit. down the There's a, there's a bit of Sean Locke up that I always think about where he um, talks, he says why he's never had laser eye surgery done. And he says, and he says he doesn't get it done. Cause he just knows that somewhere out there is a laser eye surgeon. Who's just like him. And is a little bit of slapdash with everything he does. And life, like, <laughs> he just knows that that's the one that he'd end up going to. Quick,
1: quick side note about Sean Locke. Um, For people who only know him from like AR10 Cats or like his panel shows, his stand-ups are some of the funniest British stand-ups going today. And I always feel like everyone sleeps on Sean Locke.
0: Yeah, he's amazing.
1: Because he just looks like your dad and you don't think your dad's going to be very funny.
0: He's probably old now as well. Is he? Have you seen how bold he is? I haven't seen him recently. have a little it's search like short Lock 2020 or something. And, yeah. He's, uh, he's lost a lot of hair. I'll have a look. I'll have a look. Um, but, but scrubs and all
1: amazing TV show from, from top to finish. I know I said at the start that my would be good from start to finish exception with scrubs season seven is bad. Season seven is bad because in America during 2006, there was the writer's strike and they had to get like interns to write the scripts scrubs ran for like seven episodes and it was God awful. Um, but then they came out with season eight, which is like the perfect crescendo end of the greatest sitcom show of all time. Then, because ABC had bought it before season eight, so they bought it and then they went, okay, but we just invested in this. We're not going to give you just one season. You've got to produce another one. So season eight ends, JD leaves, everyone leaves, and then they do a spin-off show. That does not count. <laughs> is it like Joey? Cool. It's the like Joey. Sitcom. Yes. Yeah. Turk comes back, Cox comes back, but then you have all these interns in a new hospital, in a new area. It doesn't count people. Fine. I'm putting that out there, Justin. That's the ruling I've put in my life. So that's fine. But for me, scrubs is that quintessential tv show it shows that relationship of like jd and turk having that bromance the first time you really saw bromance on kind of tv and like it's okay to love your best friend and you want to do well in your job you want to impress your mentor you want to get the girl who's who's really pretty and out of your league it was just again yes okay jesse i'm a bit of a, a softie when it comes to my tv shows but i want to want hug with my sitcoms again when i'm Aww. feeling down i put on scrubs and it feels like I know these people and I'm hanging out with these people and it's just a bit of safety.
0: And the two main dudes um, now do a podcast all about scrubs, right?
1: They do. Yeah. Similar to um, this is a new trend that's happening at the moment. It started. The most popular one was with uh, The Office. Office Ladies. Office um, Ladies. Um, with, yeah. Um, Jenna Fisher. Pa-
0: yeah. And Pam and
1: Angela. Pam Exactly. Um, Angela. Angela. So it's Angela and um, the receptionist from the office <laughs> uh, doing the podcast going for episodes. And then JD and Turk, uh, Donald Fraser and Zach Braff did the same where they go through seasons, which I can't really listen to because I know more than them about. So... <laughs> Actually, Zach, I think you'll find. <laughs> but no, it's really good. I think Got Till Five, uh, the next podcast that we do, it's just me and Jesse Going back to old episodes and commenting <laughs> on the process and thoughts of those
0: episodes—that'd be amazing. It's like, dude, I was on crack that week. <laughs> <laughs> Reg Flair at number five. What was that?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be so meta, and like no one would listen. But I, a little bit, a little bit of me wants to do
0: it. A little bit. Uh, yeah, me too oh beautiful trailer shit.
1: <laughs> so uh, arrogant
0: oh i didn't tell you a uh, complete complete side note this is nothing to do with anything um last week we did our top five james bond films and um i enjoyed it so much that this week i have read my first ever james bond novel wow i know i read casino royale um this week um which is the first one first bond book. Feel? good it's the first book i've finished in years I always pick up books and then just sort of get disinterested and move on. But I've, I've started and finished Casino Royale and it was awesome. And I've bought the second one and I'm probably going to start it tonight. So that's my line. Right in the end. Uh, he did 14, Ian Fleming. Okay. Um, I think it's for, well, it's like, I think you class it as like 12 and then two books of short stories. Got you. But, um, and then there's like officially licensed bomb books after that. There's like, 40 in total, but all written by other people. Anthony Horowitz yeah. has done a few, and like, nice. um, so there's like people that have been officially licensed by the Fleming estate to write them, but only 14 Fleming written ones, which Fleming I plan to ones. go through. I fully submitted. I really enjoyed our
1: James Bond episode. Um, yeah, yeah it's me too. worth a listen. Check it out. Yeah, go back, okay. and listen, guys. We've, we've been doing some good shit lately, guys. I think you need to appreciate how, uh, how much we've been nailing it. <laughs> no, we're straight Basically. fire, yo. I mean, uh, there's a t shirt after one of our episodes, so uh, come, yeah, on. come on. Yeah, there is. Come on, guys.
0: Okay, Jesse's number one is The Office UK, as we were talking about earlier. So um, controversial. I know a lot of people love um, the American office, myself included, but um, the UK office started it all. Like, it was just the beginning. The, you were talking about how Scrubs took out the laugh track. The Office did the same thing. Um, can, God, can you imagine the Office of the Laugh Track? It would be horrendous. horrendous. But um, it's... Obviously, you all know the American Office and the sort of mockumentary aspect of it. But the American Office doesn't do that in the same way as the UK Office. There's not one thing that happens in the UK Office where you don't go that this could completely plausibly be a documentary that the BBC have put out and have put out in the past. There's, or not necessarily BBC, but like, um, I don't know if you remember, um, Channel 4 had a documentary called The Hotel. Do you remember this? Um, Where it was, so the idea was they went to a hotel in... Wherever Forty Towers is set, I've forgotten. Um, where's Forty Towers set?
1: Somewhere in Cornwall, Devon area.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. I, I can't. I've blanked. But they went to a hotel there, and oh, it'll be funny. Let's do a documentary of like set in the same place, and it it is. It's real life. The Office. It's that sort of stuff because the owner is an absolute dick, and like everyone's just putting up with him. Um, now there's, um, there was Educate in Essex that Channel 4 did, do you remember that? And then they did Educate in Yorkshire and they've done Educate in Cardiff and Manchester. They're all great, but they all have elements of the office. They're all like this unintentional humour that comes through of people who are not used to being filmed, being filmed. And they're just like, oh, just act normal and like live your everyday life and do, like Educate in Manchester was fucking hilarious. The the, um, headmaster he was a good looking bloke, actually. He looked a bit like Tom Cruise, but um, he was a t- typical headmaster. And like, you know, I just want to help the kids. And But like every time they were filming any class, it would be like he'd suddenly appear like, like into, into the classroom. <laughs> and, so, and I remember school, like the headmaster wouldn't just pop Throw up in any Throw old lesson. Yeah, exactly. He just wouldn't just wander into like any old class. And this headmaster was ever... Because he knew where the cameras were, right? And he had this sort of... And he obviously wanted to be in the show a lot, so he was finding himself sort of sidling into all these things. And that's what The Office is. It's you got to remember that when this was written, there was nothing like this. There was nothing to compare it to. It It's all filmed in a real office by a camera crew who legitimately did documentaries before. So it's like as authentic as it could possibly be. And it's like, just film these scenes, and we've got a boss who in David Brent, played by Ricky Gervais, written by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant as well, this show, I should say, um, who just has this amazing blind spot. And he's not a bad bloke. We all know a David Brent. He's just... um, I I think when cameras are off, he's probably lovely. It's just this sort of... Once the cameras are on, he wants to come across as this rock and roll, comedian, sort of talented guy and he's just not that. And I, I heard an interview with Ricky Gervais actually, and he said David Brent's biggest sin is confusing popularity with respect, which is exactly what it is. And he, he thinks that to get the respect of everyone, he needs to be the party guy, the popular guy. and that just when you're trying to play up to the camera like that like i like do you remember like we we've all filmed ourselves when we were teenagers and stuff oh right? yeah and we thought we were being so funny and like you know to the camera and like joking around and you watch it back with hindsight and you're like oh man we were such dicks and like all teenagers do it this is that and so you get that which is amazing comedy writing with this uh, guy with a huge blind spot but when when you when then you get stuck into the meat of the show, he's not the main focus at all. The actual focus is a love story, which is a tier below of Dawn the Receptionist, um, mm-hmm. played by, can't remember her name, but she's Jasper Carrot's daughter. There's a bit of trivia for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Tim, who is played by Martin Freeman, who has gone on to be a Hobbit and um, yeah. a Dr. Watson. So, um, but Tim from The Office um, is this is is us right when you're watching it you like that's the guy that you relate to because you're like yeah this guy's been in this job too long um he's you know like Jim in the American office is the direct replacement of that but Jim's too good looking like I think Martin Freeman was perfect casting for Tim because he's just he just looks normal do you know what I mean yeah, yeah, and he yeah, becomes yeah. and he becomes attractive because he's such a nice funny guy and um He's in love with the receptionist but she's engaged to a bit of a dick who works in the warehouse like the American office and but um this the way that they play off each other is so perfect and the fact that writing a show where the characters are all aware they're being filmed like I know it's been done now but that must have, doing that for the first time must have been really fucking hard right oh yeah like, with no frame of reference that must be really tough.
1: Yeah, especially from an actor's perspective, that I yeah. am not. But it, it, it's very much, yeah, how do you act like a normal human being in a documentary setting for a fake TV show? Yeah, exactly. boggles the mind.
0: Yeah, it gets a bit inception-y and weird. And you got uh, you got Gareth, who's in it as well, um, yeah. who Dwight was based on in the American office. But Gareth in um, the English office is um, a sort of West Country army obsessed yeah Yeah. Um, he's part of the territorial army and he's just so but takes it so seriously and um, just gets bullied by tim um and it's just it's so it's just so well done and then they have the merger the swindon branch merges with slough so you get these new characters in season two and then they finish season two on a cold finish like so tim professes his love for dawn um, in an amazing scene that they really had to fight to get through. So um, Dawn takes, um, Dawn's moving to America. So before she goes, Tim's like, I have to tell Dawn how I feel. So he takes her into another room. He takes his mic off so that the camera crew, so that we can't hear what he's saying to her, but we know that he's professed his love to her. Complete silence for like 45 seconds. And that, was unheard of on television at the time. The, the yeah. BBC almost didn't let them do it because they were like, people will think that their TVs are broken or something like that because it's completely silent. And he says, that she obviously says, oh, we can't be together because I'm moving with my fiance. They have a hug. And then he just grabs the mic and then just goes, oh, she said no, by the way, to the camera crew. And that's basically the end of the series. And it's like, t- That's cold. That's a cold finish. And then a year later, we get the Christmas specials, which was um, two hour long specials, um, which were shown one night after the other, which were just perfect. Like they just wrapped everything up um, and it was just it was perfect. So you get two series, 12 episodes, plus the two Christmas specials, perfect length. Um, a perfect commentary on what British telly was doing at the time, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. the sort of documentaries that were being made, um, and has obviously gone on to create the American Office. I would say Parks and Rec and um, Modern Family to a degree, because Modern Family yeah. used the talking Huge heads influence. and things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just so much stuff that has come off the back of the UK Office that is all good.
1: Yeah, the UK Office changed the game for for a lot of. TV shows w- with the talking heads or just the slight documentary style—it was never ever done before, not even close. There wasn't even anything they borrowed off. I would say,
0: like uh, um, sp- Spinal Tap would be the closest. Spinal thing. Tap, because. yeah, this is Spinal exactly. Tap was sort of as similar. a movie,
1: but to do that in a TV show of like weekly kind of keeping people interested, and then when you're talking about oh, we're just going to do a mockumentary of an office, like that's. Fair play to the people that kind of green light this kind of stuff. It's, it's yeah, just always so great. How brave. do you push that through? Yes. And then that, that as you say, that end thing, and I always like to compare some of the American Office as well because I feel like they do it well with Jim and Pam. We, we've spoken in the previous episodes before about how um, the US office season one, they stuck way too closely. But then they evolved, and, and they take obviously a lot, the Jim and the Pam storyline, a lot of their key moments takes from um, the Dawn and Tim era of uh, The Office, but just with that slight American romanticized twist a little bit. Yeah, the British, the British style of doing it was just so much more brutal. Like there, <laughs> there was no fancy colors. There was no nice, It like- No, it was real. They, they filmed it like you were working in an office.
0: Yeah, well, it and was a it real working office. Yeah, um, you're in style. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is one reason that I rec- they they reckon it got greenlit. When you hear Richard Davies, Steve Merchant interview, they're like, "Well, it was low risk. Like, it, it costs fifty p to make. Do you know what I mean? Like, all, all these actors, actors are un- basically, yeah, yeah, all these actors are unknowns as well. So they're not on big wages. They have to be unknowns by definition because it would completely take you out of the documentary thing if you're seeing an actor that you know from something else, right? Yeah. So they're all unknowns. They're, uh it's just in a real office, uh, just two cameras, something like that, and that's it. That's all you need.
1: Yeah. I like that acknowledgement at the end, as you say, with the mic off and stuff. And the U.S. office didn't do this until the final season where Pam kind of has that thing with the boom operator.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was
1: the first time that they properly really acknowledged like there are people filming this. Um, That was weird. that was weird, but I it like. that. It felt like they
0: left it too long
1: to do that. Do you exactly. know I Exactly. Mean? That's exactly the point I was going to make. It was like the UK office, because it was so short and condensed. It was like, you still remembered that there was yeah. still a, a film crew. But then the final season or the final episode of The Office was just then, oh, we're going to debut the movie that we've been filming. And then you go, oh yeah, for 10 years they've been filming a documentary movie, which would never happen. You'd never film a documentary for 10 years. You'd be in there for two weeks and then you'd be gone. Um But yeah, that's that's one of my favorite things about the UK office is that kind of condensed timeline of like it would be, say for example, oh we're hiring a film crew to come in and just like film us for like some kind of promotional package. They're going to be here for a couple of weeks. Boom, that's what the UK office felt like for sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which completely explains David Brent's attitude of this is my chance to get famous, which is why he get out of it as well. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and the
1: importance of the the David Brent character as well. Um, he was the lead role in, in a sense. I know obviously other people ended up becoming more important, but David Brent was the anchor of the show. But so unlikable. Such a prick.
0: In I don't know. Of, I, I would disagree with
1: that. I don't think he's a prick. He's not he's a prick, a, but like a twit. He's a twit. But if you had him as a boss, you'd be like, fuck, he's he's in again. He's, he's you know he's he's helping out great and you yeah, yeah. would just be so for as you said uh, the quote that you were saying before where he felt like respect was being liked and i just love that about david brent in terms of the character development that he has is just we've all had a boss like that and we're yeah. all scared of becoming that boss
0: yeah totally okay. and it's become so iconic you can hear brent in yourself sometimes when you talk yeah. like and like it's like and alan Partridge with his characters as well like you just sort of <laughs> they've beca- they captured the blind spots of people so beautifully that you can, you can pick them out in real people and go, oh god, that was a bit Brent, and, and, and it exactly. happens
1: all the time. I do it with my team more often than I like to admit, where I'm just like trying to be. Cool, I'm gonna give you guys a bollocking. But I'm gonna do it in a fun way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I catch myself, and go, yeah, it's oh, like
0: I won't only have to do this because I only have to say this. because Brass at top, so like you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have done that. But I don't really care. I don't care. Don't worry. Like, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. worry. We'll get you a beer afterwards. Don't do yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, please, gross, gross, please.
1: <laughs> uh, but you know, for for people who are just diehard US Office fans, and there's going to be a lot of them, especially a lot of our US audience listeners and people who have always just kind of gotten to the office from a US perspective, don't sleep on the UK version. It is barely anything to watch. It's, it's a day if you yeah. binged it. It's nothing to to watch the UK office. Um, just watch it because the nuances of the comedy are so different to the US. The characters, you'll recognize them, but they're just a little, little bit more complex in the way they do stuff. Um, I just think it's, it's 100% worth checking out. 100% yeah. agree
0: good i'm glad you agree thank
1: you good good okay so the got till five definitive list of top five sitcoms which will annoy any sitcom purist number five it's always sunny in philadelphia check it out you won't be disappointed then we had the peep show from uh, dear jazz i always get worried that we do end up turning into uh, a bit of jazz and jazz and mark, mark. But who's who well, I think we feel like we flip-flop between the two. Yeah, it depends on the day. Doesn't yeah, it? We hold on to the hope. There's so many days I'm like, oh piss off Jesse.
0: <laughs> Alex Scrivens um, always thinks that I'm like Jazz from Peeps. Just are like Jez. just the way I, I think she, she basically is it the way I try and justify the evil things I do <laughs> is what that is. the thing.
1: <laughs> and then sometimes I like Mark where I'm just like, I just wanna read a bit of a
0: history book and just Hide away from the yeah, world. Just really, yeah, don't want to party. It's like, yeah, the, like, new, new labour exists for a reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 100%. Um, number three, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Lovely American sitcom where you fall in love with the characters. League of Gentlemen for a little bit of strange, a little bit of horror, a little bit of weird. That's what we would like to see. Uh, Scrubs for just down-to-earth medical drama, the most factual one you'll see, but funny as fuck. And in the office for all the reasons that we listed so
0: that's our five jesse honorable mentions before we let the yeah we should going. rattle off some honorable mentions um the in-betweeners jumps in my head straight away Definitely. um i love the in-betweeners um i will say psychoville is a very underrated one if anyone happens to like league of gentlemen here and hasn't watched psychoville it's what and um, they did afterwards. Um, it was, well, no one watched it. it. It got canceled after two series, but it's fantastic. Um, what else do I like? I, I'm Alan Partridge. I don't know why I didn't think about that. I know you're not the biggest Partridge fan, uh-huh. but I, I, I fucking love I'm Alan Partridge. Um, it's just a genius. There's no point going into detail on that now, but it's just incredible. Um, what else? Um, I've got a real soft spot for things like Only Fools and Horses. That's kind of my yeah, comfort. Forty Towers, those. Kind yeah, 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 yeah. that Blackadder. That's like that's all oh, my yeah. com- that's oh, all Black my Adder. comfort. Yeah, right. This um, list is impossible,
1: by the way. Like, sorry, everyone, this isn't definitive. This is just like our favorites at the moment. But yeah, Blackadder.
0: Fuck now. But these are things I can. I mean, I could kind of. I feel like um, people who haven't seen them won't enjoy them now. Because they're of their time as well, but I watched them when I was a kid, and it like, gives me that warm and fuzzies when I watch them. I feel like Black Adders the
1: exceptions to that rule. Only Fools and Horses, Forty Towers, I kind of get because it's just a lot of you know yelling and crazy stuff happening. But Black Adder, I think, is still funny, especially the World War Two. Yeah, it, goes forth. War, II. Yeah, yeah, it goes forth. War Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, is yeah that's a timeless series to be fair. But the other yeah. three series, I think, um, were funny in their day. But um not, but then you talk um, about a
1: lot a lot of those ones like The Young Ones and Bottom, those still like crack me up to no end. Like those yeah. are the shows that I'd end up watching as a kid and stuff and they absolutely
0: <laughs> kill me. Yeah, they are good. I like that you just woofed in tribute to Lord what? Flash Heart there as well. <laughs> always. Uh, always. <laughs> my favorite I think that's my favorite quote in Eddie a Blackadder, when he um, Lord Flash crashes um into their trench. And um, he says, oh, mind if I use your phone? If word gets out, the flash is dead. 200 women have killed themselves. Wouldn't want them on my conscience. Not when they could be on my face. <laughs> and he just grabs the phone. <laughs> it's an amazing line. So good, so good. <laughs>
1: um, for me, an uh, uh, English one that I wanted to mention, but obviously it's um, been bought back and it's kind of sullied its legacy as Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf is what I grew up on. Um, as a kid, my, my I always remember this memory of like nine o'clock, my family would lock themselves in a room watching Red Dwarf and I'd have to <laughs> wait outside until it was done. <laughs>
0: you lived such a such I, was just, I was
1: so annoyed because like, I wanted to see this TV show and then eventually they were like would oh, just come in and just come and sit down and then because of that it was the funniest show I'd ever, I'd ever seen in my life my mum used to buy me like the VHS's I had like a collection she'd get me like the collection of Red Dwarf these were like for 15 12, 15 I have the VHS's and I would just like watch them then, and then I'd, what, I've been watching them recently on Netflix and I'm just like this is terrible this is- <laughs> Not fit for my
0: eyes. It's awful. So, um, so you know the Watson Hall, right? In yes. Tewkesbury. For anyone who doesn't know, the Watson Hall is this um, s- smallish hall in um, my hometown. Um, I played my first gig there. There's like little sort of community things happen That's there. shows. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But all like fairly little community things. Craig Charles is doing a DJ set there in a couple of months. We're going. Um. <laughs> I know we are <laughs> the, the, Craig Charles, the Craig Charles Funk and Soul Show. So he does a, a, a radio, on radio shows, two, it's, right? yeah. it's Really good. Um, yeah, it might be two, not six. Uh, but yeah, but he, he's he's going coming there for a DJ set. How wicked is that going to be?
1: You know what? Like the the thing with COVID and lockdown is just like any event, no matter how weird it is. I'm just like I'm going, <laughs> yeah, they're doing it. Okay, okay what's well, if it's on a Wednesday and skip skipping work?
0: Yeah, um, well into
1: that. So, yeah, absolutely adore Red Wharf. I feel like the original eight series are just peak British comedy, uh, in my opinion. That's um, Cheers. Nice. We're talking older stuff. Cheers and Frasier. I um, bought your Cheers.
0: Did you know yes,
1: this? Yes. You told me this half. Tell, tell the story again. Well, you trade,
0: it's not so much of a story, but you you traded in, I guess, when you moved back to Canada or something, you traded in your Cheers DVDs to CEX, yep. the, um, for American listeners, a trade in sort of DVD games store, uh, like a porn shop, basically, isn't it? But for um, like games and video games. And um, you traded in your DVDs, and me, not knowing that they were yours, because I'd watched them with you at your flat. And then I, I was just in there and I was like, that's because that's not the sort of thing that just pops up in like oh, yeah, secondhand yeah. stores. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like the same seasons that Max owns are here on. Um... CS, yes, that's amazing. So I bought them all. I've still got them downstairs. And uh, they're uh yeah, so they were yours once, and I bought them. Didn't uh, which makes me think that we've got a connection. Cycle economy, baby. This podcast yeah. means nothing to Jessica <laughs> as long as we've got the as long as
1: we got the cheers, DVDs, that's fine. Um Frasier, I always loved. I've mentioned Love a good place and Parks are right. Fraser's actually coming back. It's it's this big revival with, of like it. bringing TV shows back. And I feel like Fraser's the only one that can properly do that. Because yeah,
0: it's when I was a kid, like, I didn't fully understand what was going on. I just liked hearing them <laughs> talk. It's just a nice, yeah, it's a nice atmosphere. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer's voice is amazing, isn't it? I could just listen to him talk all day. He's like um, the the lovely Loveline. I, I feel like if Fraser had come
1: into my life before Loveline, I'd be doing a lot better with my career. <laughs> but unfortunately, Loveline
0: came in and here I am. So, um, yeah, it's not good. Modern not good. Family, I like. One uh, Family, yeah. It jumped, it jumped the shark a bit, I think. But uh, the first few seasons were fantastic. This is true. Uh, exactly the same reason I didn't mention community. To
1: me, the first three seasons of Community are the f- funniest shit that's ever been produced in America. But then the last three seasons are absolute trash. Yeah, and it's yeah, and same with How I Met Your Mother. First three seasons, funniest shit in the world. Yeah, and then they ruin it completely. Um, so yeah. he's disappeared, isn't he?
0: Ted. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I don't see that actor in anything. To you, am I just missing him, yeah. or is he? No, he hasn't, it, it's the problem with being a lead in a sitcom. You
1: know, it's something Zach Braff from Scrubs always struggled with, where he had to create his own movies and his own yeah. and stuff. It's, um, yeah. But Ted's such a dick. <laughs> Glad he's out of work. But Good, it's yeah. it's it's the curse of sitcoms of like going on and doing better stuff. It, it's such a hard thing to do, especially in American sitcoms and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. If if I take Brooklyn Nine Nine for example, Andy Sandberg's lucky because he had his Lonely Island and movies like Pop Star Never Stop Stopping and Hot Rod and he he has this career and then he did a sitcom. So he's he's fine. But you know, being a, a new actor into the world and you get given this gig, it's so hard to kind of break out of that and blossom. I mean, Neil Patrick Harris maybe did well, but he just went back to another sitcom.
0: What? what? So do we mean? had
1: Doogie Howser in the eighties yeah. when he was a child actor, disappeared for ages, did like cameos and a bunch of stuff. How many mother made him huge again, and then he was all over the Grammys and uh, Tony circuit for for ages, but then yeah, he disappeared yeah. again.
0: Well, so it sort of disappeared. I mean, he, I think he does a lot of theatre and stuff yeah. like that, and um, uh, he does a lot of magic as well. Oddly, he's like in the magic circle and does. Yeah, like he's a great like magician. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. um but he also appeared recently there was um oh, i can't remember what it was called but there was a very popular british um, tv show that was on channel four recently and he was in that there we recently. go so
1: those are oh, there's so many like i'm just thinking like so many sitcoms that are just i know yeah there's i've no, got like vicar dibley and ab fab and all these kind of stuff yeah, yeah. jumping into my head now we could be here all night but you know these are the ones that are kind of the key ones to check out you can enjoy in streaming shows now that are modern you're not going to get like oh it's old but don't steep on the old comedy um there's a there's a lot of lot of good shit out there that you can kind of check out and that's a wrap on this episode i'm gonna go watch the second night of nxt takeover for our oh god still listen yeah,
0: so we're doing yeah for any wrestling fans well, that still listen we're doing um steve's show da podcast next week um because it's wrestlemania obviously this weekend as we always do every year exciting yeah um so we will be recapping that with steve which means i've got to watch um a lot of fucking wrestling again so we're doing what both (laughs) nights of nxt and both nights of wrestlemania
1: like last night man i i was like okay i've got to watch this takeover it was good i watched it i was up until like half one i watched it i'm gonna watch takeover two tonight i'm gonna watch wrestlemania tomorrow this why i booked monday off just because i can't the idea of having nine hours of wrestling to watch in one go not going to happen. No. So um, we'll be on Steve's podcast. He releases the episode. So next Friday, that episode will drop talking about WrestleMania. If you guys miss us talking about wrestling. So make sure you go over to that podcast to check that out. Um, I always enjoy talking with Steve about. Yeah, we haven't.
0: We haven't spoken to it for a while, actually. Have we? I guess. Yeah. Rumble. So January. Rumble. Was the last yeah. Time. Yeah.
1: So uh, nice to catch up again. And it's going to be a WrestleMania in front of a crowd, which is going to be weird. So how many? How many people? Forty-five thousand, I think they've booked. Okay, so big boys, a proper stadium stage to work. So it'll be, it's getting to that. If you watch Takeover, it has a crowd in it, and you notice that AEW is getting a lot more of a crowd in it. So it's coming a back, bit normal again. Yeah, that's coming good. back. It's exciting. Uh, so we'll be on that. We'll be back next week, obviously, with um, our next episode, which is episode ninety-five, and that begins the number five countdown heading forward. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on this episode. Again, if you want to support us, go pick up some lovely merch at gottill5.tmo.com This bad boy is available right now, and it's comfy as shit and fits amazingly. So pick it up. Where um, where else can people go if they want links and stuff, my friend?
0: All of our shit is in a little place called gottill5.com Bum
1: bum 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 bum! Love it. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Go enjoy some sitcoms this weekend. Enjoy WrestleMania if you're a wrestling fan. We will be as well. We love you dearly. Thank you for tuning in, Jesse, my darling. Love you forever. Always. Goodbye and good night. Bye. Bye.